Welcome to Bubbles and Books, a podcast about two of the best things in life, books and champagne, brought to you by Amanda and Ellen, co-owners of your local independent bookstore, Dog-Eared Books in Ames, Iowa. First, give me a cheers. Okay, we're ready. And books are sexy. Hi, book lovers. It's Amanda. I just realized we don't have our champagne. I know. I was going to say there was no pop. Let's. Do we have any? We have some. <laughs> oh. We have some. You get glasses. Okay. You can put your popsicle in mm. champagne. Ah! Ah, the computer! All right, folks. <laughs> that was the champagne popping itself. <laughs> It got caught. So. It all went in the bucket. Yeah. Are you pouring? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, I need to get a picture of that. Okay. Bubbles and books. Bubbles and books. We're back. The funny thing is, we switched bottles. Yeah. So that the other one <laughs> wouldn't explode on us. All right. We are back. We have bubbles. They're room temperature. Um, and they almost took out the ceiling, but they're necessary in order to come to Bubbles and Books. I'm back for the first time in a couple weeks. Um, this is Amanda, by the way. Ellen has left us. She is on the road to the West Coast with three kids on her own because the COVID is going around, folks. If you made it, Two plus years without getting COVID, you're going to get it. <laughs> Even if you're vaccinated and boosted, it's going around. All I, the best are getting it. I, I, my mom just got COVID too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and then there was one. Because <laughs> I'm the last one on the holdout, which knock on wood. Oh, well, I got to go to the ceiling. Okay. But. God yeah. help us if you get COVID. <laughs> I'll be able to work from home. I don't know. I was well, pretty pathetic. I, I thought I had it because I had been around her on the day that she was like, oh, I'm not feeling good. I was like, we'll go to the doctor. We're going to link to Rachel's COVID avoiding techniques on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Swipe up. <laughs> yeah, please. You got to watch. You got to watch how she avoided getting COVID from her mom. It's oh, hilarious. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. You're going to um, want to watch that video. I did have COVID. And um, everyone held down the fort for us. Ellen was the woman in charge, which she usually is. Um, But now it's my turn to try and hold down the fort while she drives across the great west of the United States for her great family road trip. God bless her. I know. Because her husband has COVID. Yeah. And he's going to, I think, fly out to meet them at some point in this three-week road trip, which is just bonkers. Yeah. My... Least favorite thing in the world is to be with all of my children in a car. <laughs> there is no greater anxiety. For reference, Amanda has four daughters. And they fight in the car mm-hmm. all the time. Like I ranging from six to 14, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot of ages. And it used to be four do- or four girls, two dogs, all the crap. And yeah. it's just inevitable that they're going to fight and I just can't handle it. So... Um, We will not be road tripping this summer, but we will take a vacation later this summer. I had my COVID vacation and then um, had the awesome opportunity to travel to Phoenix, the coolest hotel ever in the Southwest. It's the Arizona Biltmore, built in the early 1900s, gorgeous for all the like 
presidents and the movie stars, um, connection to Frank Lloyd Wright. There was a speakeasy. We got to go visit a room with more um, gold leaf on its ceiling um, than anywhere else. Second only to the Taj Mahal and its use of gold leaf. They invented the tequila sunrise there. We had one. It was $25. I was like, I heard it was like a lot. (laughs) Yeah. So recovered in time to go to that with bookseller Jess, one of our managers. Fantastic. Came back to take kids up to a national dance competition north of Minneapolis, just one thing after another. And we were hit with the Supreme Court ruling. And we all had a heads up on this, the the leaked memo. Um, But I think all of us just felt taken out by it. It's hard to believe it happened. We've grown up knowing we have this protected right as women. And so we'll dive more into talking about that um, later because it really is the thing that's on all of our minds right now. Um, But we're going to start with what Rachel and I are reading right now. Um, I just finished listening to When Women Were Dragons. Yeah, by Kelly Barnhill. Super cool cover. And it was very therapeutic to listen to this right now because it's the idea of like 1950s America, there is a mass dragoning. Women all across the country, 650,000 women all in one day transform into dragons. And it's very apparent this has come from their repression, from violence, and also just like a desire to be bigger and greater than what they've been uh, confined to in their life as women. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a great denial by the country. It happens, and then they want to forget it ever happened. So they kill all the dragons? No, they just, the dragons fly off. They go explore the universe. They go to islands. They go to sea. They go to forests. Um, they're oh, not integrated into society. They they go off to live their wild worlds. And everyone knows, you know, mothers disappeared, wives disappeared, sisters, children. You know, all these women, 650 women left. And um, they just basically acknowledge it happened, but then like vow never to talk about it again. And it's treated very much like a women's issue. Like, do we talk about periods and tampons and contraceptives? You know, it's like taboo to talk about women's issues. It's disgusting that, that they might turn into dragons. They deny that it ever happened prior to the great dragoning and they deny that it continues to happen. So it's just like, this whole idea of denying the innate nature of women, but it was therapeutic because mm-hmm. it's this idea of you want to beat me up. You want to tell me I can only be a secretary, can't go to college. I must be a mother. Well, watch what happens. Mm-hmm. And the funny part is thousands of men also disappeared in the great dragoning. And it was the repercussions of the the women dragons taking them out. Um, uh-huh. And so it was... There's been a trend in books like this. Um, Loved the power, the idea that women would develop this power to basically electrocute men through their hands. Um, And there is something very... I mean, look at The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. Even with how it's just obviously where women are being either villainized or are the problem or there's like something being created to suppress them even further that makes them wrong and outsiders and like people with uteruses in general. Yeah, the desire to rise up. It takes things like in mm-hmm. literature, the fantasy of 
It's not really fantasy. Yeah. 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 And it, and, and so I, I wish I could turn into a dragon and eat up the Supreme Court right now. Ugh, and sorry, a fair you. number of our legislators who aren't representing the will of the people. So very um, therapeutic to listen to that. Um, and I was also have picked up a book that comes out um, August 2nd. I have the advanced readers copy of, um, oh, and I, I should mention that Kelly Barnhill um, is best known for a middle grade novel, um, The Girl Who Drank the Moon. She won the Newbery Award for that. So a really powerful um, writer. And this is her debut in adult fiction, as far as I know. And um, but yeah, I picked up The Many Dragon or Daughters of A Fong Moy by Jamie Ford. This is a book that comes out August 2nd. And um it's it's by the author of The Hotel on the Corner of Bitter and Sweet, which I know a ton of people enjoyed. I never dabbled in it. Um, but it's about multiple generations of um Chinese women who become Chinese American women. And um, it it connects their stories together. I'm I'm interested in it. Um, I I don't know where it's gonna go, but I remember reading the description and just thinking like this sounds right to me. Um, so I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it comes together. But that's out August second. Um, the many daughters of Afong Moy. And uh, Rachel, tell me what you're reading. So on audio, I'm reading Island Time by Georgia Clark. It's like a little rom-com. She wrote a book before, um, gosh, now it's blanking. Hold on. Um, It Had to Be You, which was a queer Mm rom-com. And this one's a cute little queer story. And I'm not very far into it. Um, Like I started it and then I just haven't listened to any books in the car while I've been driving lately. So I've just been doing music and I want to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's these two families, they go to this Australian island for a vacation and a nearby volcano erupts um, during the shower. And they're like basically stranded on this tropical island off the coast of Queensland. Um, so these two families are stranded together for six weeks. And so there's only two employees that make up the rest of like the group. And um, so questions start to arise on everybody of like because it's all sorts of ages like it's like a whole family and it's like who you want and there's like some romance and it's queer romance as well um so it's like described as being sexy and sun-soaked but also i'm guessing pretty hilarious in a sense because it's like you're stranded on an island yeah like that's always like a joke like oh if i'm gonna be stranded on an island who Who would i I want it to be who do i want to be stranded with yeah you know so i think that'll be interesting and then i'm reading um darling girl a novel of peter pan by liz mikalski um it's kind of like a dark peter pan story um and it's not a retelling but she's the great granddaughter of wendy darling that's fantastic. And like the Darling family is well known mm-hmm. and her grandmother wrote Peter Pan. Mm-hmm. And so it's like they know this, the family is attached to the story. Mm-hmm. And so she, uh, the main woman, she lives in New York City now with her one son because she was in a car accident before and his twin brother passed oh. and then her husband also passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you find out that she's got a third child and she suddenly disappeared. But the father is not who her husband was. 
<gasps> and so you don't really know, like, you kind of are learning pieces. The son does not remember her. because The he sibling. Was, mm-hmm. Yeah, because he was so little when they left and when the um, accident happened, basically leave her comatose. And then you also learn that there's, like, a weird sort of science thing going on. So she runs this, like, darling beauty company or something like that. Wow. And, um, there's just something sketchy scientifically going on with that. So they have to go back to um, Cornwall because, like, the daughter who's been in a coma is just suddenly gone. And um, I'm hoping Peter came to take her away. But is Peter the good guy is what I'm questioning. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, because I don't think he is. I don't know. But so that's where I'm at. And I'm not, I mean, I'm about a quarter of the way through. Let's see. I can actually look on my Goodreads and I'm 21% of the way in. Excellent. So I I really like this so far. It's like a fun little fantasy novel. All right. Now to the heavy business at hand. Um, I always say that our job as a bookstore is to bring stories to people and those stories to offer representation and inclusiveness. Also to provide a safe environment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for anybody who needs a space to, honestly, if you need to cry, Mm -hmm. um, if you just need to sit and stare at a ceiling, um, there's lots of pockets around the store to just Mm -hmm. kind of isolate yourself because the recent ruling is very overwhelming with those whose reproductive rights have been stripped away from them. Mm -hmm. Um, And... This is all because of Clarence Thomas, Samuel A. Alito Jr., um, Neil M. Gorsuch, Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah. um, Those trash can of a human being thought that their religion is more important than keeping... Uh, not just women, it's people with uteruses Mm -hmm. alive and safe Mm -hmm. and having a right to their own bodily autonomy. And as middle-aged American women, you're young. I'm a a middle-aged American woman. I've spent my entire um, youth and adulthood living in a country where I knew we were paid, you know, 73 cents on the dollar. And I knew that there were biases against women in politics and corporations, but I knew that I had equal rights as an American. And of course, I got to study plenty of people who have been marginalized, um, who had to fight for their rights. Um, but, I, you know, I felt protected as a woman, that I was in a, had equal power under the law and was grateful that I grew up in a world where abortion was legal. Um, I'm not pro-abortion, um, but I'm pro-women and I'm, I'm pro-equality uh, and pro-human rights. Um, we're all human beings and we are entitled to make choices about our own bodies. Mm-hmm. So now we live in a world, my children live in a world where they're no longer, I have four daughters, they're no longer entitled to the same rights um, as men. Am I insisting that rapists and people who've sexually assaulted people um, have vasectomies or um, have their balls chopped off? That'd be lovely. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd love to see that Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh himself. Um, 
You know, I, I would love, but we don't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, body autonomy is important. And, you know, we talk about um, what was done to black Americans, even as late as the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. the, you know, how their medical health, or their medical rights um, health was abused. Um, and it's those communities that are going to be continually affected even mm-hmm. worse mm-hmm. because we refuse to help healthcare in those struggling groups and we don't give them the same access or priority as we give white people Mm -hmm. Um, so now we live in a country where abortion is no longer considered a human right um we you know i keep looking at these maps that are like uh these are the states in which um, abortion is going to become illegal immediately. The trigger state. The, the trigger, trigger states. The trigger laws. Which is terrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. No. Ter- There's a woman that died because she was having an ectopic pregnancy and they were on the phone with lawyers because they didn't know what they could do and she died just recently. Yeah. And uh, Iowa has been left off that, but in all mm. reality, as someone who's living in Iowa, we know that... Um, our state legislature and the governor signed into law a six-week abortion ban. And um, that was overturned by the state Supreme Court. But um, the Republicans in our state are working to make that law again immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're among the trigger states. Um, and this is upsetting for everyone. Um, it's scary I don't, you know, I don't even, I don't even know what to say. Um, I, 10 years ago had an abortion. I had a pregnancy, a boy, a young baby boy, um, would have been my only son. Um, it was my third pregnancy and my baby had a trisomy disorder, trisomy 18. Um, and the way that it expressed it in his body made him incompatible with life. And most of the time, these pregnancies abort themselves. They, they're they not able to survive in the wound. But um, my baby made it to my 20-week ultrasound. And I had had two previous C-sections. This baby was going to die. And my options were wait to have a baby who is either dead or will die as soon as separated from me, cut out of me. Uh, reducing my uh, ability to conceive in the future. Every C-section is risky. I could have waited for the baby to die or attempt to deliver a a near full term baby who would then die vaginally, risking uterine rupture and certain death. Um, Or I could have an abortion, uh, dilation and evacuation in which the baby was removed from me. One way or another, my baby was going to die, and it was horrible, and it was sad and awful. And I chose to have an abortion, and it was very sad. But I am so grateful because now I have Flora and Margot, and I have a wonderful family, and I mourn that baby every day. But nothing was going to change it. And guess what? I'm alive and healthy and I get to be a mom. I get to run a bookstore. And that was my right as a human being to make the choice about what happens with my body first and foremost. We have to remember that these unborn lives are growing inside born women. 
women who are mothers and sisters and daughters who have an important role to play in our society and their lives come first. I mean, if you, if this civilization gets to run on the bodies of women without us, we would not have humanity. If we all, you know, went on strike and said no more children, we would not have the human race anymore. So, you know, that's the cost of getting to use our bodies to perpetuate the human race. We get to decide what happens with our bodies. In, you know, today's age, would I have been able to make that choice? Looks like not. And of course, now we're dealing with the slippery slope of what is what is guaranteed anymore. We know that there's a whole um, effort toward anything related to women's bodies and morality, birth control, um, same-sex marriage. What are we coming to? This is the stuff of post-apocalyptic fantasy novels. We are living it in America. And it creates a huge empathy for me for the people who have been courageous enough to leave their countries of birth because they're living with civil rights violations, human rights violations. It feels like I am the frog in the pot where the water's been dialed up and up and up. But I love my family. I love being an Iowan. I love the education that we have, but I haven't been afraid enough to leave it all behind. And I, I don't know what I'm doing. You can't care for something so strongly and then not care what happens to them later. Right. Because you say you don't want abortions, but then you say, well, they have to figure it out on their own once they're. Yeah. No welfare. Yeah. No I mean, childcare. My friend who just had a child. Um, she's incredibly lucky where she has with her insurance and her husband's insurance. That baby is already $5,000 in debt on its own. Mm -hmm. So we saddle these children immediately. And there's so many families who are living in poverty. Mm -hmm. Um, even if you're technically not in the poverty line, it's expensive as shit to have a child. Yeah. And if that's not what somebody wants, it shouldn't be just on the person who can carry a child to have to figure it out. Um, it's very easy for other steps to be made. Um, in fact, there's a male birth control, but why not? Why isn't it mainstream? Oh, because, you know, it caused mood swings or acne. Boo fucking who? Yeah. There's so many steps that can be made. Viagra is not a medical necessity. Did you know actually women really struggle with libido too. But where's and our medication? Th it's there. It's there. But it is so expensive. And it's been refused to be made mainstream. It's mm -hmm. there. People have worked on it. Doctors and scientists. It's it's awesome. It's not a priority. It's not a priority. Because we villainize women. And it, and it would never, never be covered under uh, your insurance like Viagra is. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sorry, but snip, snip. Yeah. You know, there are so many hypocrisies to this. Yeah. Among them, the most urgent is we can't get formula to the, to the level we need it to, baby formula in this country. You know, my well-to-do brother-in-law and sister-in-law have a great life, live in a great town, provide for themselves, work hard. They can't get formula. Mm -hmm. 
and they, you know, they, for their, their nearly one-year-old. We can't feed them and we can't keep them safe in school because we don't give a shit about rolling back any and, kind of gun rights. And I don't want to hear anything about breastfeeding because you know what? That's not always the situation. Yeah. Because you know what happens? There's so many women who, or um, people with breasts who have uh, like cancer slumps and they need them removed. But you mm-hmm. know what? These male doctors don't tell them, oh, that's going to f- affect your mammary glands. Mm-hmm. So you probably won't be able to breastfeed. Right. Or you know what? There's or other just, situations. Or just, yeah, the There's mismatch between a baby yeah. and a mom. Like I had a baby who... Mm-hmm. Her chin was weak. This is a common thing. Weak chins. Oh man, God help <laughs> you. We fought and fought and fought to get her to nurse. I, my third pregnancy, I had excess lipase in my milk. So if I tried to pump in store, the milk tasted sour. Not that I tasted it, but you could smell it. And my oh. baby would not take a bottle, even if I froze it immediately. This is the bull crap that we're dealing with. So anyway. It goes without saying, um, we're in a very difficult time. And um, I guess my encouragement is for anyone who cares about this issue, you can look to literature to inform you, um, mm-hmm. to develop empathy. But you know, before you have an opinion, number one, you should have a uterus to have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, don't be a single issue voter. Don't be a single issue voter. Don't be a hypocrite. Make sure you back it up with taking care of these children through their lifetime. Birth to death. You know, what do they say? Womb to tomb. We're not getting to the tomb for sure. We're not even getting to, you know, through kindergarten without being shot in a classroom. No shit. Um, you don't care. Yeah. You don't care about them. Yeah. Um, and then talk to someone who's had an abortion because this is such a shame, shamed experience that very few people have the courage to talk about it for fear of that shame, that public shaming. If you haven't talked to someone, you know someone. One in four women will have an abortion. One in four people with a uterus will have an abortion before their childbearing years are up. So you know someone who's had an abortion. And the reasons are myriad. And it is not anyone else's job to make a choice about whether they're entitled to that right to make that decision or not. Um, as a Christian, I would tell you that's God's job, not yours. If you believe in an all powerful God, God will take care of it. We don't need the American government to do that. Um, and I just don't, God is there in those moments with people making those decisions and there's a lot of suffering in life. So make sure you know what you're talking about. Talk to someone who's been through it. And if you don't want, like, because people still aren't going to want to share if they had to make that choice and it's their choice to make. So say you can't find someone to talk to. There's a really excellent book called You're the Only One I've Told. And it's um, stories behind abortion. Mm-hmm. I 100%. I mean, those are real life stories. So, mm-hmm. it. I mean, no, it's also nobody's place to be like, oh, have you had an abortion? But if somebody's willing to share that story with you, sit down and listen. Mm-hmm. Don't talk. It's, that's not how you listen. Talking back is not listening. You sit down, you listen with your eyes, your ears, and your body. Like and you have to remember that stories like mine aren't the exception. Mm-mm. They are not. Um, you you can't and and if you if you are supporting laws that don't protect my rights, um, for scenarios like I went through, um, 
that's inhumane. Mm-hmm. A couple other books that you can turn to, one that we have in the store is The New Handbook for a Post Row America by Robin Marty. And I saw this one come in. It yeah. just was like, is this a joke? No, no. You know? It's 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 real. They saw it coming. Um it gives you information on how to fight back, how to find financial support, how to um, create networks of support, um, how to work within the legal system, uh, plan for emergencies, um, how to get pills, um, abortion pills. This is going to be very valuable. And, you know, the thing I know is that there are going to be plenty of women across this country who don't know where to find this information, and we need to make sure that they have it. We also had, um, and we'll be getting back, choice words, writers on abortion. This is going to be a lot like what I just told you, women talking about their abortions, talking about abortion in general, women's rights. Um, some of the greats are in here. We got Margaret Atwood. Audrey Lord, Yeah. Ann Sexton. Gloria Steinem. Yeah. It... It shouldn't, this shouldn't be necessary. We shouldn't be here. Um, Like I said, it's the stuff of fiction. Also, I encourage you um, to get it, contact your legislature, legislators, um, your governor, your representatives, and say, I want this right protected at a state level. Here in Iowa, like I said, we're looking at a scenario in which um, a formally passed six-week abortion ban is likely to become law again. Call your legislators, tell them you don't support this and you won't support them um, if they vote for it. If calling makes you uncomfortable, um, write an email or at the store, I made some postcards that we'll be getting in soon. Um, You can address it to whomever you want it to go to, write your message, and we will stamp it and send it for you. We will make sure it gets to the right place. They need to hear our voices. They need to realize that, you know, the vast majority of people do not support mm-hmm. a ban on abortions. And um, my hope is that those people end up being voters who can change this country for the better. Um, Changes need to be made. Now, I did um, call the governor's office and I was thanked for my weigh-in by a very chippy uh, staff member. Thanks for your weigh-in. Like I'm calling the radio, but... Called the governor's office, had my opinion recorded. They do record the calls they get and the opinions they get. And I also called um, Jesse Green and Rob Bacon, my senator and representative here in Iowa, and they respectfully engaged with me. Um, I expressed my concerns. Um, Jesse Green in particular uh, had some questions for me about what did I think about the six-week abortion ban. And um, it, it really has become a currency. The abortion topic has become a currency for power, Um, an ability to harness voters by voting rather than thinking about what's right for Iowans. And, you know, they said, well, there's plenty of Republicans who would be in favor of an all-out abortion ban in Iowa because, you know, Illinois and Minnesota are right there if people need them. And I told them, what a shameful disregard for half of the population in Iowa. Make them someone else's problem. Um, And the most disadvantaged will be the least able to take advantage of neighboring states. Mm -hmm. And this isn't just an issue for those of us with uteruses. This is an issue for everyone. So encourage um, the men, the people who those encourage everyone to 
make a stand and speak up on your behalf because this can't just be us. Yeah, the men up. who the men and non-binary people in your life. It takes two to tango. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I know that's the most cheesy cliche thing, but this isn't just a one-sided issue. Yeah. So and if you're a man who has an opinion on abortion, get a vasectomy. Mm-hmm. Or use a condom. Yeah. Like, oh, it feels better with that. Fuck off. Yeah. So we will continue to read, create space to deal with this issue. And we appreciate you um, being alongside us in that journey. It's it's and, very disheartening. And we're here for you. If you want more literature on this topic, um, go to our website. Tanvi has created some really good lists. Um, so if you're doing for in-store pickup or direct ship to home, um, there's really good, there's several books for you to thumb through and decide which might be the best for you to explore this topic further. And let's get out the vote. Make sure everyone you know yep. who's 18 and older is registered to vote and ready to vote in November. And keep an eye out for our social media because we're going to be having um, voter registration going on here at the store um, coming soonish i believe so i know it's in the works yeah we're gonna have something to set up so you can bring in your you can register to vote i believe at 17 yeah yeah if you're there's a certain date yeah right? if you're 17 you yeah. can register if you're 18 by election day yeah. you can because you can get registered i know to vote. i registered to vote because i could get extra credit in high school <laughs> i was like okay sure why not you know I was, I'm pretty positive. It was something like that. Even those fresh 18-year-olds, you know, you take them to get their full license, you take them to get registered to vote at the same time. So you can't you can't stay um, cued in to social media and the news 24-7, especially with a topic this difficult. It's and a as, lot. It's a it's lot a to lot. take in. And for people's mental health, you got to do what's best for you. Right. And so, um, you know... There's only so much to gain mm-hmm. online right now. Um, it's important to stay informed and um, to protect yourselves. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like. <laughs> I've been having to just watch stupid videos and right. read, like honestly read because I can only take so much right, right. now. And, and during COVID, uh, you know, since opening a bookstore, I've watched like no TV. <laughs> and not not really by choice. It's not like I think I'm too good for it. But I binge watch like six different seasons of various shows. <laughs> I finally watched Ted Lasso. I get it now. I love it so much. Uh, <laughs> Only Murders in the Building. Oh, I need to finish that. I was just talking to Tom about that. I caught back up on The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. I'm trying to think what else I caught up on, but that's been lovely. Now it's back to reading and we have some new releases that we'd love to tell you about. Um, the one I couldn't wait to grab and I'll let you know how it turns out, but we ordered, uh, several of them was the bartender's cure by Wesley Stratton. So I, I just love it. The covers like a neon sign. Um, we have a female protagonist who is kind of taking a year to figure out what she's doing with her life, had planned to go to law school, but she moves to New York and picks up a job at her favorite bar. And, um, she develops, she figures, she finds, discovers that this network of service people, like the bartenders, this life, the people she meets are actually pretty attractive. And so she's reevaluating what she's going to do with life. But the book promises to have bartenders 
tricks and recipes included. So you know me and my love of cocktails. I have to pick this one up. And then uh, we have... That sounds like a better version of Sweet Butter. Because like... Oh, you like yeah, sweet butter? No, I didn't. Oh, I I was so bored throughout that whole book. So this one sounds so much more fun. I know. Sweet bitter was interesting uh, because it gave an inside look at the service industry, like the food service industry, what it is to be a high level waitress and yeah. like the power dynamics within the restaurant and what it takes to be super successful. Uh, but it was very bleak and depressing. <laughs> just, um, I was bored. <laughs> Right. That sounds horrible. Like, oh, I was bored. No. I think she based it similar to her own experience. No, she had done it that whole, and New York, their food service world is. It's cutthroat. Extra. Yeah. Okay. And then we have a really great paperback rom-com release called The Dead Romantics. And this has been on Bookstagram quite a bit. It's by Ashley Poston. And we have someone on staff who's already read it. Mariah gave me her notes on it. She says that um, this is about a ghostwriter, a woman who writes for a big name rom-com writer. Mm-hmm. So she's a ghostwriter, but she's recently had a breakup. And she's due to finish her last book of her contract, but mm-hmm. her heart is broken. She can't, she can't write this book. So she's kind of having a breakdown. Um, and she's also struggling with the new editor on the project, this good looking, broody Ooh. editor. Yeah. And she goes out with a friend one night. Um, it's kind of like an open mic. Caesar X. Oh, that's so a problem. Awkward. <laughs> Ends up running into the editor, making out with him. Nice. But then gets a call that her father has died. Ooh. And she has to go home. Um, and her family happens to own a funeral home. And what we discover is that not only is she a ghost writer, she sees ghosts. Shut Yeah, up. she's a medium. And so oh it, go- it goes off from there. This is a book that has like everything. Um, Mariah calls it five-star read for sure. She's obsessed with it. She sold me enough on it that I'm going to read it. And this is not my usual genre. So look out I for that one. I am obsessed with this. Like yeah. I remember, I ha- couldn't remember what it was about, but I know I saw it. I was like, oh, I have to read that. Yeah. And, so when it and the out, cover's great. It's Dead so Romantics. Good. Ashley Poston. Pick it up. Um, we also have, okay, so Alexis Shaken. Her debut was called Saint X, and it was like, I, I've talked about it previously on the podcast because I had read the uh, yeah. advanced reader's copy. Um, this is a really cool book. It is about a village on a mountainside that is far removed, and it feels very like European, like it's outside a European city, and um, accessed only by like... Um, a supply delivery, someone who brings in goods for the community, but the community is very well developed. They have a dentist, they have schools, but it is different. Okay. Um, the women have a habit of just disappearing. They, they just disappear into thin air. Do they also turn into dragons? Yeah, you would hope. (laughs) But, um, it's, it's like as part of motherhood, they have children and they're hypersensitive to, oh, is she overly involved in her child's life? Is she too detached? Um, has she lost herself? They're hypersensitive to what women are like once they become mothers because one day they'll just disappear and they'll look back and be like, was that the first sign? And they claim, they claim that the women start to look different in photographs 
when they're near disappearing, their image is blurred. And it's part of this legend um, in the in the local hotel, there's an image and they claim this is the, the first woman who ever disappeared. They can see her in that class photo and you can see she's blurred in the photo. So um, there's a female protagonist whose mother disappeared when she was young. And so she's been raised without a mother with her father and they run the local Photoshop. And she um, falls in love, gets married. They marry very young, right out of school and becomes a mother. And she senses that she might be disappearing. She's close. She, she feels different. She's worried. She feels like she's disappearing. Um, and in an effort to, out of love for her daughter, she leaves the village. And so it's, it's very interesting. I, I'm trying to understand like what really happens to the women when they disappear. Um, it, it's a fascinating story. It's kind of outside time as well. But you get it. Huh. There's definitely photography, but there's no digital photography. And um, kind of 1970s where is referenced. It kind of feels like 60s, 70s um, Europe. Um, so this is called Elsewhere by Alexa Shaitkin. And Elsewhere comes from the concept of like they live in their small village up in the mountains. And then everything else is elsewhere. Hmm. I really enjoyed it. It, it was very sounds eerie. really interesting. It I was very sure eerie. about it. But. Yeah, it's very eerie. Um, let's see. New in kids that I think is going to be, actually I already know it is hilarious. Um, if you think you will be in the friend. It's uh, called Goodnight Girls. It's a Golden Girls Goodnight board book storybook. And it celebrates the love of the 1980s sitcom. And like you have Dorothy, Blanche, and Rose and all snuggled up in the bed. And their mom trying yes. to get them to go to bed. <laughs> it's so funny. Because they keep getting into mischief. So if you're a Golden Girls fan, this delivers. It is it's well told, so cute, cute little story. It is funny to see these four like white haired sisters snuggling into bed and causing <laughs> drama at bedtime. That's going to be a great board book. And then we have the third in the Magic Treehouse graphic novel series. This is Mummies in the Morning. This was my absolute favorite series in third grade. Like, right. I, I still adore the memory of it. Mary Pope Osborne. Yeah. She has done a very good job of taking topics, researching them well, and then creating this great adventure around them. So kids get the historical information, but get the entertainment. And now they're in graphic novel format. Kids are eating them up. It's for the next generation. The graphic novel is really there for them. Love to see it. And on Wednesday at 10 a.m., story time with Lovey and Amanda. Yeah, I'm glad to be back out of quarantine. Lovey quarantined with me. She kept me company on the bed for like four or five days straight. And um, we are going to catch up on the best of children's literature. Um, there's a lot of good new releases. And then I have the honor of welcoming author Beth Hoffman. Um, and this is, we'll mention it again next week as well, but on July 6th at 7 p.m., Beth is going to come talk to us about her book, Bet the Farm. We're going to have farmland refresher cocktails. So this will be fun. You know we love a cocktail. And um, Beth is a journalist and a professor from San Francisco. Um, but they decided in her, her later years to leave the big city and go to his family ranch in Iowa. 
So <laughs> welcome to Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she realized um, the dilemma of s- single family farming in the modern day. A lot of corporate farming has taken over our farmland and looking at their family farm, she realized money's an issue for family farmers. So um, this is her reporting on the topic of what it takes to make it as a farm in the modern day. And I'm really excited to talk to her um, about it. I married into a farm family. They date back to the 1890s in Hubbard, Iowa. And farming um, is a a point of pride for them. They've been very successful. Um, They're a century farm in the family. And I'm really excited to see what she has to say about the state of farming. Um, It pertains quite a bit to our community. So we invite you to come out um, if you have an interest in contemporary American Iowan farming, want to meet this author, find out how it could um, affect our state moving forward. It's going to be a great event that is on Wednesday, July 6, 7 p.m. I think that's it for events for the coming week. Right. Um, the cheesy reading challenge is still going on. Yep. Uh, we actually, I mean, I don't think you knew this. We had someone turn in the first challenge. That's amazing. How yeah. old was the kid? Uh, I can't remember. I have it in a note somewhere from Tommy. That's <laughs> so there, exciting. There'll be a post about it soon. Somebody's eating some damn good pizza. Yeah. Because you get a great plane. So you can still come in and get your, like, your kids can get their challenge. They have to, yep. you have to purchase a book for each child. Mm-hmm. Um, but then if they complete the minutes, come in, we'll give you your second stamp and you can get your za. Yeah. So, yeah. And honestly, if you finish it, come back in and get another challenge if you buy another book. We don't care. Yeah. It'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. You have until Labor Day to hit your reading minutes goal Mm -hmm. for the whole summer. So between now and Labor Day, um, you get to record your reading and Mm -hmm. your reward is a lovey pizza sticker from us and a pizza from Great Plains Sauce and Dough. They're outstanding. We love them. They bring us leftovers all the time. It's our favorite pizza. We got leftovers the other day. Yeah, I'm jealous. Yeah. All right. We miss you, Ellen. We miss you, Ellen. Good luck on the road and good luck to all of us, especially those with uteruses. We're here for you and thanks for being here for us. Cheers. Remember, uh, subscribe, like, follow, because you want to find out what's happening in Dog Eared Books every single week. Yep. And if you don't live in Ames, you can always follow us on social or hit our website to order books. Follow us at, at Dog Eared Books Ames or at Dog Eared Books on TikTok. All right, listeners, keep the champagne flowing and the books going. This is so great. It's so great. <laughs>